Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below-average podcaster chats with an above-average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. With everything going on in the world, we could use a feel-good story, and I think this episode will provide just that. Isaac Parks is a punter for the University of North Carolina at Pembroke. He went viral last season after proposing after a game to girlfriend Sarah Graham. We're going to hear all about his football career and his sweet proposal story. Isaac, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. So Isaac, you grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina. Are you from a big family or a small family? Uh, I'm from a pretty medium-sized family. I have an older brother and a younger sister and um, both parents. So I'm one of three kids. Pretty normal-sized family, pretty good-sized family, though. Nice. Yeah, well, you're uh, right smack in the middle, huh? Oh, yeah. Got strong middle child energy going on. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So how did you get into football? Um, so it started with just watching it a lot as a little kid. Um, we've always been around football. And then uh, I tried out in middle school and wasn't very good. But I don't know. It was weird. I just kind of always stuck with it. Just one of those things. I just knew I wanted to do it. Didn't know where I fit in. When I first started playing, I was they put me as an O-lineman because I was short and fat. Um, but I got concussed. And during my time with a concussion, I was just like, ah, oh, might as well. This is in ninth grade. I was like, might as well just start kicking around a football, you know, maybe switch to a position that's a little safer. And the rest is history. Wow. Okay. So you didn't start punting till ninth grade. Uh, technically 10th because ninth grade, I was concussed for the whole year. Thanks to my offensive lineman activities. But yeah, I started off as I didn't start punting until my, uh, sophomore year of high school. Wow. Okay. And did you play any other sports growing up? Um, very short period of soccer playing when I was in, uh, when I was really young, I played some soccer and I did some gymnastics when I was like in uh, kindergarten. If that counts, like kindergarten through uh, third grade, <laughs> nice, I played gymnastics. Yeah, a little bit of soccer in there, but no sports after like fifth grade until I got into football in like seventh. Okay, so then it was just football from there on out. Oh yeah, then it was just football. So you go to Southern Guilford High School. How was the football team during your time there? Oh man, the football team was at its apex being led by a uh, coach daryl brown great supporting staff they're still all together they all actually recently moved to another local high school um where they're tearing it up and having deep runs in the playoffs but we actually i was there for the peak of southern guilford's football career um with a deep run my senior year uh into the playoffs we went completely undefeated three rounds deep into the playoffs and ended up losing in a nail-biting, nail-biting overtime game um, where we end up, uh, yeah, we went for two to, to win it all when coming up short. Um, that's where my senior season ended up, and, and that was a 13-0 record, and that's the best, uh, that was the best record in school history and our deepest playoff run in school history, arguably the best team that school had. And I can't give myself any credit for that because as a punter on a winning team, you don't actually do a lot of work. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Really, the rest of the, the team, I was just, I was in, no, actually my senior season, I want to say I had less than 15 punts the whole season. Wow. So 
um, it was a glorified halftime show where I'd <laughs> come out every half and, you know, my warm-ups, people really like those. Um, the, the, the running joke on the team was that I was best punter nobody knew about. Not saying I was a good punter, but I was all right, but nobody had any idea that I could even punt the ball because most people didn't even see it. So, <laughs> Yeah, how that must um, be so interesting. Yeah, so, uh, yeah it was. It, it made for a really interesting recruiting process because you have a guy, so I had potential, I guess you could say, to hit, you know, 50-yard punts, 48 to 50-yard punts, maybe 52, pretty consistently. Um, but coaches didn't have, like, any in-game film to analyze. You know, you had, like, the 13 punts, and then you had a practice film. So that what I was sending the coaches was pretty much practice film half the time of, like, hey, this is what I can do. Sorry that you haven't seen it, <laughs> you know, but I don't, I don't play that much because we have a really good offense. Um, and I actually ended up getting recruited um, because one of the coaches was there to check out one of our, our big names running back at the time, Reggie Gillespie Jr., um, really great running back, was tearing it up, tearing it up, just a phenomenal season. Um, but they were checking him out and saw me warming up and we're like, okay, we'll give this guy a look. So that's actually how I even ended up getting recruited, not because of my in-game prowess. Just from warm-ups, huh? Yeah, just just by them watching me warm up, which sounds cool, but you know, it's it's disappointing because I didn't I didn't ever know what my true potential was until these last couple of seasons as I started to break out. Yeah, that's true. We're definitely going to get into that Pembroke career. But yeah, I mean, I feel like that's just a great story for kids that don't half-ass warm-ups. You never know who's watching, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, I took it serious because I knew, like, a lot of times warm-up, that was my whole game, you know? And it's, you, you go hard in everything, and I've just taken that, taken that mentality through everything that I've done. You know, I take this very, very seriously. Um, I take games, obviously, super seriously, but the warm-ups to game is just so important because if you if you mess around during the warm-up, that you could you could have your whole whole mojo for the game. So it's just you know I just take all that stuff super super seriously, um, and everybody I believe everybody should. But yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because you know you're talking about you're on a really good football team. The punters who probably were getting more looks recruitment-wise were probably on terrible football teams because they were out there punting a lot of the games. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, we'd be blowing teams out and uh, punters would have, you know, I'm watching other punters get a lot more spotlight than I'm getting. You know, I'm not really the jealous type, but you kind of get a little frustrated being like, okay, I feel like I'm pretty good but nobody knows that I'm good because I don't get, you know, and mm-hmm. when I would punt a lot of the times, a majority of my punts were fourth quarter. We're up by 56. Um, so I haven't kicked all game. My legs are just cold. Haven't kicked. Haven't, you know, I stop. you know, you stop caring. You start celebrating because, you know, it just becomes hard to stay, you know, as like focused on, okay, my, you know, it's hard to, to justify your punt being important when you know that it's just so that they, they can get the ball and run the clock out, you know? Yeah. So it's a, it's a whole different thing. So a lot of my punts were, I don't want to say they weren't 
Well, they just, yeah, they weren't as good as they could have been because the, the urgency is not there. It's different punting in the fourth quarter in a winning game than punting in a first quarter while it's close. So. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, you must have done pretty good because senior year, you were all conference. Yeah, senior year, um, which ironically was part of me still believes is because uh, all the coaches from our conference got together and probably like, come on, this is the only punter that cares. Like, just give him the all-conference award, you know, it's a senior season. He didn't, he didn't punt that much, but, you know, I think I did all right. I had a pretty decent senior season. It's just, um, it's hard to, to kind of put numbers to it because it's all off of, like, 15 punts, which is kind of a small, small sample size. Absolutely. So I did all right what I did, you know, but I'm, I'm happy with the result. And, I, you know, I definitely appreciate the award for sure. Mm-hmm. You also had an insane GPA in high school. You had over a 4.0. You had a 4.5. So you took your studies very seriously. Oh, yeah. My mom was a guidance counselor at my high school, so I was definitely not getting off the hook for, <laughs> for anything. Uh, she was checking up on us consistently, um, making sure we were in classes that were pushing ourselves. Um, and she knew pretty much like, hey, if this uh, football stuff doesn't work out, you're going to have to fall back on your academics to get you into college. So she made sure that, and that's, you know, ironically, I have the lowest GPA of my brother and sister. <laughs> so my brother was like a 4.89, and my sister was like 4.6 or 4.7. So I was actually the lowest of the three of them. Wow. So Smart family. Very, com- very competitive household when it comes to GPAs. Absolutely. Yeah. Good for you guys. That's awesome. Thank you. And you mentioned getting recruited kind of through your teammate getting recruited. Was that from North Carolina A&T? Yeah, it was. Uh, A&T had, had come down there to check out uh, Reggie and check out a couple other players up and coming. And, and they stopped in and looked at me. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm getting, you know, one of the coaches came in there and, you know, talked to me. I was like, hey, you know, we, we like what you're doing here. uh you know, we're interested in you. So I ended up getting a preferred walk-on to, to A&T. Um, they were able to hook me up with some academic scholarships because of my position. And a lot of schools will try to do that, especially for, like, kickers and stuff or players that might have higher GPAs. Is if they can get them on an academic scholarship and save a football scholarship, they'll definitely try to do that. And so, you know, high schoolers, any high school recruit listening to this, keep your GPA in order. It gives you a much better opportunity. You know, don't, don't discount of an academic scholarship. Um, because it's just, guess what? It pays for just as much school as a, uh, as a football scholarship does. It's, you know, it's equally as free, you know, free is free. So get it however you can. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Were there any other schools that were looking at you or was it just A&T? Uh, yeah, so the other school, there, I remember talking to one other school, which is, ironically, the University of North Carolina at Pembroke. <laughs> so those were the two schools that recruited me, and that's, that's how I made my decision when I was transferring which school I was going to go to. Um, I transferred to UNCP after a couple years at A&T and just kind of riding the bench a little bit. I, I was like, oh, I'll give another school another shot. Um, so that's how I came to Pembroke because they were the only other school that had recruited me out of high school. Nice. And yeah, at A&T, you spent two seasons there? 
Yep, I did the 2015 season. I was there for the introduction of the Celebration Bowl with, and uh, we, you know, we were able to win that one. I was a very good cheerleader for that season. Um, and then in 27 and 2016, my second year there, I was also a great cheerleader as we went to the NCAA playoffs and lost to Richmond in the first round. But my the coolest part for me being at AT was being there with when Tariq Cohen was at his prime. Holy cow, that was a he uh, that was an incredible, incredible experience. Wow. And yet you said you were a cheerleader, so you didn't see any time at punting while you were there? No, I was a, I was, I got a gear up for the games, which I thought was cool. But outside from that, um, I pretty much was just there to, to cheer on. And if our starting punter got injured, I was in, that was my role on the team. Okay. So I took it seriously, but that was it. So then the main reason you transfer to UNCP is for playing time, right? That was a that was a big reason for sure, but there was also some stuff with academics. Um, ironically, uh, I was going through kind of like a hard patch, having to you know you go from being a big fish in a little pond like at Southern Guilford, where I had a lot of support, to being a you know a medium sized fish in a big pond. I find myself you know slipping through the cracks academically, um, not really getting it done in the classroom the way I needed to. Um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want anyone to think I was like failing out. I had, I think it, it, my GP ended up dropping down to like a 2.9. Um, so that's kind of when I was like, I started making the decision that, you know, I might want to do something that's better for me academically, like smaller class sizes and something that's better for me playing time. So that's what influenced my transition to UNC Pembroke. Gotcha. And you know, UNC Pembroke is division two. A&T was Division One, so because you were dropping a division, you didn't have to redshirt, right? You could play immediately in 2017? Right, and that was another big thing that influenced it, is I didn't want to have to go through all of that stuff, or requesting a waiver to try to play, or being forced to sit out. I feel like I had sat out as long as I wanted to, and I knew my time was ticking, so I was like, I just need to go ahead and try to transfer to somewhere where I feel like I can play. And Pembroke didn't really... They were just graduating a really good kicker, Matt Davis, um, right when I was getting there. So there was a spot open, too, where I knew I could probably fit in and, and do pretty good. And so that's why I ended up choosing it. Okay, nice. So, Isaac, tell me this. Because when I think of football practice, I think of scenes from the movie, like Remember the Titans, where guys are in drills and they're just killing each other. They're hitting each other. I have to imagine punters are not in these drills. So can you describe what a typical practice is like for a punter? Yeah. Um, so believe it or not, we actually have to do some of these drills where we're hitting each other. Um, oh. But I'll get into that in a second. But uh, typically, you know, we'll go through the warm-ups with the teams. We'll go through stuff like that. Um, my prowess and my what has gotten me as far as I have is I take practices super seriously. Um so I actually, you know, once we get into like indie, like individual periods, I usually take all the other kickers and we go over to the game field and we start kicking and we start working drills and, and we're kicking pretty much the whole time or working form or working. Then it's, it's, I believe strongly in if we have two hours a day 
to work on your craft, you need to use those two hours to work on your craft. Um, so, and, and you can, you can hold, you know, hold this statement against me in the future. If it comes out that, you know, somebody says I'm a slacker, but I doubt you'll hear anybody say that I take it super seriously. We work a lot of drills. Um, and pretty much, yeah, we just, we take practice super seriously and we're just constantly working drills, trying to get better. You know, there's a delicate balance between killing your legs and, but also try to save your legs and kick as much as you feel like you need to without going overboard because that is, you don't want to go into a gang feeling like you have dead legs or anything. Um, but yeah, so that's what most of our practices are. But then we also like to go over and watch some team periods, uh, which is for maybe people that aren't in college football, it's usually like whole offense versus whole defense. Um, so I feel like that's, to build team morale, you know, we try to, I encourage other kickers to try to create a lot of energy, um, to try to help create energy for the team. Practices are one of those things. They can become a drag, and I understand that we might have a little bit more energy than some other players due to the nature of our practices. You know, trying to do our part to, to build energy and build morale and, and just bond with teammates a little bit, talk a little bit of smack to them, get them, get them excited. Um, we have a lot of respect from our fellow teammates, the kickers at Pembroke do, so we can kind of afford to do that. Um, that's, that's kind of what every Tuesday we have tapping circuits, and kickers actually do get in on that a good bit. At the end of the day, we're the last line of defense, you know, got to sure. gotta make that if no one else does, that's how we had, well, at least right now, and I don't want to jinx myself, but going into my senior season, I have had zero touchdowns returned on me in my career. Wow, that's so, amazing. Plan on keeping it, but that's what it's looking like right now. That is an amazing stack. Good for you. Thank you. It's something I take a lot of pride in. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Seems like you have a great mindset at those practices. Yeah, you know, that's it's a it's something that you, you got to take serious. It's an important job. A lot of kickers I know slack off on it. Um and it's something that I, I believe in thoroughly, you know, not to not to let a the day go by because once you have a bad game, all you're going to think about is all the time spent preparing for that game to not have it. So, and I've been there, you know, my 2017 season was lackluster to say the least. I mean, nothing motivated me more than being mediocre and knowing that I never want to feel like that again. Mm-hmm. So um, from then on, it's just been a, you know, a grind to, to try to just become the best I can be. Yeah, I mean, your 2018 and 2019 seasons were amazing. And before we talk about that immense success you had, I want to talk a little bit about the position of a punter. Because when you're at a football game, right, when a punter comes on the field, it's after the offense failed to score. So it's not an exciting moment. People are not cheering. However, it's a position Mm -hmm. that is so important to the success of a football team because it's your job to position where the opposing team starts with the football. So if you punt it and it doesn't go very far, the opposing team probably has a good chance to score. But if you punt it well, the opposing team right. will have to go all the way down the field to score. So honestly, I th- oh yeah, personally, uh, punting and honestly, all of special teams is so important, even though they aren't getting the glitz and the glamour of, say, a quarterback or a running back. I'm sure you agree, right? 
Oh yeah. Um, we definitely don't always get the same love as some of these, as some of these guys do, but I'm personally, personally, I try to, at least at Pembroke for right now, we're, we're doing everything we can to try to change that. Um, and some of the ways that we're doing that, we bring our own energy to, to the play. I'm saying if I, I'm not on fourth. That is a that is my time, my individual time to change this game. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. like this is my time. I'm embracing everything about it. I'm embracing the smack talk. I'm embracing people yelling at me because this is you know you can do whatever you want. You know I see it like when they're coming at me and they're coming to block it and I drop like a 50 yard bomb of a punt on them. That's for me. That's hitting like a step back three pointer. You know what I'm saying? Like that mm-hmm. is, it's one of the coolest things you can, and it can bring a lot of energy to the, you know, to the game. Like, uh, you know, even if the offense stalls out, you put the ball on the one yard line. Now the defense becomes the offense because now we're coming after you guys. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care if you're on offense. Now our defense is coming after you. We're getting that safety. We want that, or at least going to keep you back there. It changes the whole pace of the game. And the same thing on like, uh, you know, a field goal, watching somebody else kick like a, 45, 50. Well, I, that's demoralized because, like, dang, we stopped them way back to the, you know, but that, you know, their kicker just came out here and got it done, mm-hmm. you know? So they're still getting points or they're still, you know, we're still getting closer and pulling more ahead. Um, so it's just one of those things where it's like, it brings a lot more energy on the sideline, you know, and especially when you, when you encourage your other kickers and punters, like, one thing that I hate is a personal pet peeve of mine is the punters and kickers that act like they're the nonchalant types, the ones that like they'll kick it and then they'll just try to act like everything's cool. Like, ha ha, you know, whatever. Ha. <laughs> it's nothing. You know, it's such an important play that you got to bring the energy like it's an important play. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'll show it like too, if I'm messed up, I'm going to be mad. I'm mad at myself. I, you know, because I just let my, down and that's you got to be mad at yourself and i don't want anybody on my team thinking oh he doesn't care he just he's not as invested in winning as everybody else does so you know that bringing that energy is just such a huge thing and we do it here at pembroke that's for sure yeah for sure you definitely have that energy because in 2018 Pembroke goes two and eight, so not the best record. But you individually had a gr- had great success. You were named second team All American by three different associations, and this is a year after 2017, which you said you know you thought you were mediocre. So you definitely came out, worked mm-hmm. hard, and got it done. Good for you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And that had to feel so good too uh, after not playing at A and T. And, you know, coming out and getting these awards. Yeah, I mean, the the big thing was, you know, I just felt I got that chip on my shoulder that I've always needed. You know, like, I got that little bit of, because I came to Pembroke being like, oh, you know, I came to D2 school with that D1 attitude of like, oh, man, I'm, I'm kind of too good for this. And then I wasn't. I wasn't too good for it. So then I kind of adopted this mindset of like, I've got something to prove. I've got something to prove to myself. I've got something to prove to, you know, we, my school, Southern Guilford, I'm taking this back to high school. We're not very big. We don't have a lot of guys go to play football in college, you know? So I felt like I had all these people that they were so excited when I went D1, 
you know, and then I go D2 and play, and I don't even play good, you know, so I don't play at D1 and then don't play good at D2. Like, I felt like, you know, that everybody who's ever believed in me, you know, in some level, I feel like I let them down a little bit because I wasn't, I wasn't living up to my potential, mm-hmm. you know, and even though that sounds like it could definitely with a bad mindset, spiral out of control and destroy my life. I was able to step up to the plate and say, no, I'm going to, I know what my potential is. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go after it and get it. So it really did inspire me to change and become a better punter. Yeah. Good for you. It seems like a little bit of failure was, you know, the jump start to a great deal of success. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, Every now and then, everybody needs that. You gotta, you gotta fail a little bit. To, it humbles you. Absolutely. So then, this past season, 2019, Pembroke goes four and seven, so a better record than a year ago, and you have an even mm-hmm. better individual season as a punter because this time you make first team All American honors by three different associations. Yeah, um, and that's one of the things my coaches always challenge me. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those things, you know, so technically my sophomore season two years ago. And, you know, your coaches, what are you supposed to tell a guy that's a sophomore and gets All-American? You know, you, you just say, keep getting better. Yeah, that's all you can tell them. Just keep getting better. And I take it seriously. So if that's what they're asking me to do. That's the, you know, your previous best is the bar. That's the standard, you know. So I took it as that. That was a standard. And it was just there's only one direction and that's forward and up and uh, you should expect the same stuff for next season. Absolutely. And I love that when you got the award this past season, you thanked, you know, everyone that blocked for you, you said it was a team award and I just being a great teammate. I think that's awesome. It's, it's super important because the, I honestly wouldn't be anywhere where I'm at without a bunch of great guys you know, running downfield and covering and blocking for me and, and doing stuff like that. Um, because ultimately none of this would matter without them, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I could kick the ball as far and as high as I want. And if they didn't care, it'd be just free touchdowns. Every time I went out there, um, I love these guys. They let me, they let me make mistakes and they make up for it. So they're great. That's awesome. I'm sure they appreciated the thank you and the, the shout out for your award. Oh, yeah. They know what they did. They're, they're great guys. Um, wish I could have more of them at my wedding. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. The proposal. I'm a sucker for a good proposal story. So first off, how <laughs> long have you been dating your now fiancé, Sarah? So at the time of the proposal, we had been dating for like three years. Um, three? So now we've been dating, like, yeah, so we've been dating for three and a half years. But at the time of the proposal, it was three years. Um, high school sweethearts. Aw, cute. You know. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, just have been dating for a while, and we had talked about it a lot. We knew that we wanted to get married to each other. We just, you know, we're, we're traditional in that sense of we didn't feel like, oh, we need to go and, do our own thing and just, you know, we'll get married when we're 35. We, we knew what we wanted, you know, we're confident in our decision. So, you know, we just pulled the trigger on it, you know, and what's the point in waiting? Yeah. When you, if you know, go for it. Right. That's how I was feeling. (laughs) So tell me about your proposal plan. 
Oh, gosh. So that whole thing was like uh, really brought on kind of quickly. So I knew I had the ring. I knew I wanted to propose. Um, I didn't know when I wanted to do it, really. But then like a week before, this is like the Saturday, no, like the Sunday before I proposed, she tells me that her family's coming down for this game. And, and I was like, okay, that's been pre-planned. I feel like I need to jump on this opportunity. Like if her family's going to be there, my family's going to be there. I need to hop on this. So, so that's, I started planning only like a week before. Um, but I called her dad and I believe in getting blessings. You know, I'm a, I'm call me old fashioned, but I called her dad and was just kind of like, Hey, you know, do I have your blessing? And he was like, no, no I'm joking. He was like, <laughs> he was like, yeah. Um, yeah, you do. Go ahead. Good luck. Um, so then I went, cool. And then I called up my head coach and was like, all right, coach, we got to, we got to figure something out. And so we kind of talked about it and I said, I'll just make an announcement to my teammates after the game. And that's what I'm going to do. I wanted them when I had originally planned this, I wanted them to like stand far away. It sounds bad, but I was hoping like, cause I'm, Sarah gets a little stressed out in groups. So I didn't want to bring her into like a big group of guys and you know you know stress her out it ended up being great so it ended up working out but in in my head when i was planning it i was like okay they'll just stand off in the distance because i want them to see it but i don't want any stress i want it to still be like a special intimate moment which it was um but so that's how it was originally planned was i was going to tell everybody after the game and then there was like that there's always this awkward moment of like what if we don't win you know what if we because it was still early in the season. They're still trying to figure out who we were as a team, you know, and um, winning isn't guaranteed at all. But, you know, we ended up winning. But then when I told my team, they just go crazy. Like, they're losing it. They're going they're in the locker room. They're just insane. They're, they're so happy. And I tell them, like, all right, guys, no, I haven't proposed yet, so go out on the field, but be discreet. Like, be discreet. <laughs> don't, or, like, you know, just kind of stand around. Don't make it too obvious what's going on. And then I walk over to start getting Sarah. And I kind of am peeking over my shoulder to see what they're doing. And these goofballs, these really nice guys, so awesome, love them. But they are all standing in the middle of the field in a big circle. And I'm like, there's <laughs> nothing about that that's discreet. There's not one discreet thing about that. And so <laughs> immediately I'm trying to take Sarah out to the field. And she does what I knew she was going to do if she saw that and she starts pulling me back she's like isaac i don't think we're supposed to go out there look what everybody else is out there i think maybe we should just stay back and wait for them to get done and i'm like nah they're probably not going to be done for a while let's just go ahead and get up because i told sarah like oh we're just going to take pictures in the middle of the field mm-hmm. um because so that it was like makes sense that uh, everybody's out there and they're just taking pictures too or whatever but so we start going out there and she's like tugging me back but then as soon as we broke through the circle and everyone's like looking at her she kind of she was able to figure it out she pieced it together (laughs) so yeah and then that was but that was the whole plan it was really kind of just thrown together and a lot of stuff went wrong but it ended up being great yeah for sure so i have a couple questions how was your focus during that game because i imagine you must have been pretty nervous and anxious about the proposal afterwards Definitely. I could not agree more. Um, 
So I actually started off pretty pretty out of focus at first because I was just there was so much going on. I was so nervous. Everybody, you know, her family's watching, my family's watching. There's a big game. Um, but luckily, so the first punt was like 34 yards. And that snapped me in because I hate I hate sucking. So and that first punt sucked. So I walked <laughs> in and and balled out for the rest of the game. I ended up like four inside the 20, 45.8 yard average um, on six punts. So really made up for the rest of that. I had this one sick punt where the dude caught it over his shoulder on like the five and then got tackled at like the 10. It was, it was awesome. Nice. So at first, yes, I was very distracted, but I was able to walk in. Good. Good for you. So now I know you obviously didn't have the ring with you during the game, but at the point that Sarah is with you afterwards, where did you hide the ring? Because those football pants look pretty tight to me. Yeah. So, um, we actually went back into the locker room. So the, the ring was in the locker room for the day, but I snuck it in my helmet. I was holding my helmet on the way out there and it was just sitting inside my helmet. And I was actually really worried that, cause I wasn't trying to hold my helmet super obvious. Like there's something inside. So I just kind of had it hanging down. I was really worried the ring was going to fall out. Um, luckily it didn't, but I was, that was something I was worried about is I'd get down on one knee and go reach into my helmet and it'd be empty. Um, <laughs> did not happen that way. Yeah, yeah. luckily it didn't. Wow. But that was something that was pretty helpful. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and you know, Isaac, the reason your proposal goes viral is because, as you mentioned, your teammates are around you as you're proposing. And right when Sarah says yes, your teammates are honestly, I think, more excited than you or Sarah. They're jumping up and down <laughs> surrounding you guys. It's so cute. Yeah, it's... It was, and that's why I say this team is forever, like, so special. Like, everybody on this team, man, I just, I love them. They, and they all love and respect me and Sarah. And um, I have a great relationship with just a bunch of these guys. um, Because there's a lot that are coming to the wedding. Um, And, yeah, because, so Sarah's also a little backstory that not a lot of people know. She interned with the strength. So Sarah's a personal trainer. Let me go even further back and loves like strength and conditioning. She interned with our strength coaches. So she had actually been in the weight room with a bunch of these guys, you know, while they're working out and she's, she's, you know, spotting them while they're lifting and doing other stuff and just kind of be, so they're familiar. They know both of us and like both of us. And, you know, we like all of them. So it's just like, it's like a big family, you know, it's just like my big family was all there to see it. And, and it was just great. Just a bunch of great guys. That's awesome. I love to hear, uh, to hear when a team has this family environment. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it definitely makes it so special. And, and it, you know, it's something that I hope everybody can find somewhere in life. Oh, that's very sweet. You post a video of your proposal, I believe, on your Twitter account. And that's how it gets viral, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, posted on Twitter. And I'm not super big on social media. Um, or I wasn't. I'm getting bigger. But I didn't. <laughs> not on purpose. Um, <laughs> but so I, I, post, I post the video. And I remember it hitting like 100 likes. And I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. People really like this. And I had no idea. No idea it was going to get that big. Um, 
because like it hit 100 likes in like an hour and then started going up exponentially from there and then it just like constant buzzing and retweeting liking it's just stuff is constantly going on and it just becomes like huge and i was like holy cow like this is people really like this and i didn't really like what people had to say about it but a lot of people really liked it and there were some haters but I knew that as soon as it started blowing up, I knew there was going to be haters and Who stuff. Thought, what, what, what could a hater say? What, how, is, how could there even be haters with that? I could tell you exactly. There's like, okay, so there's pretty much four things people said about the video when it came. So the first thing, the number one thing is that we're in high school. They're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we're in high school. They're way too young for this. You know, they look like 15 and 14. What are they doing? This is so embarrassing. Uh, one guy even said Sarah looked like she was 12. I was oh like, wow. Gosh. Yeah. So that was like the first thing. Then people had some pretty derogatory comments to say about Sarah, which, um, yeah. She's so real beautiful. quick. She is. She's, she's gorgeous. There's nothing like that. But is this, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to say it. And if you, if this is inappropriate, you can edit it out. Okay. But a lot of people said that she had like slept with a bunch of my teammates and stuff like that. Just, you know, out of the blue stuff. Is oh, that's one I didn't expect. Yeah, it was disgusting. Um, but a lot of people, you'd be surprised how many people would say stuff like that. Um, and it's probably a bunch of losers that have never had yeah. love in their life. So that's why right. they have to and, have negative things to say. Right. And I'm like, geez, you guys are projecting how bad your relationships are onto us. Exactly. Like, and then there's a bunch of a bunch of old people and are like some even some young people, but. Like from the older audience, we were getting like, oh, why would they do it so young? Like, it's never going to work out. I bet they break up in like a week. Oh, God. And it's funny because I heard so a lot of people like for I guess just for likes or whatever will like comment and say like, I bet they break up in two weeks. But they'll say it on like the post. Like the most recent one on ESPN, Mm -hmm. um, which so they'll say like, I bet they break up in like a month. But this was like already six months ago so it's just really funny because it's <laughs> you're it's wrong like, right you're already you are already starting off on a bad foot and it's like we're tagged in the stuff just check it out and see if we're still together before you say that like yeah but anyway but yeah so there's just a bunch of stuff like that um an overwhelming amount of positivity but the negativity stands out a little bit yeah you know? Yeah, I mean, just try to ignore that because you and Sarah know your relationship. You know how strong it is. And, you know, trolls are going to be trolls. Amen. Every day of the week. They have nothing better to do. (laughs) For sure. But yeah, as you mentioned, like SportsCenter, a bunch of news outlets picked this up. SportsCenter, ESPN. So it really picked up steam. Must have been pretty cool. And kind of shocking, probably, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well... So it didn't come as a total shock. Sports Center reached out to me um, about a month ago asking if they could use the video. And then there was like a quiet period because I told them, yeah, obviously. Like a lot of people were telling me because I was excited about it. But a lot of people were like, oh, dude, try to get money out of it. And I was like, no, this is Sports Center. They don't care if I say yes or no. They have so much more interesting stuff to talk about. So I just was happy that they even asked. Um but I said, yes, of course, you can use it. And then they didn't respond. And then finally, they were like, okay, can you send it to us at this email? And I sent it to them, and they posted it, and it just went crazy from there. That's when it really blew up, in wow. my opinion. <laughs> Amazing. 
Yeah. So, what are the wedding plans? Okay, wedding plans. June 13th, 5 p.m. We're getting married. 2020, this year, is going down. Oh, wow. I, yeah, we're, I mean, like I said, why, if we're, we're not worried about it, we got no reason to hold off on the wedding, you know? We're ready, we're ready enough to get engaged, we're ready enough to get married, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like that. I just, a lot of venues, sometimes you have to book like a year ahead, but that's awesome that you are able to get a date so soon. Yeah. Oh, no, she jumped on it ASAP. So it was like, as soon as like, a week, no, maybe like two weeks after we got engaged, she was dress shopping. And like a week after we got engaged at the venue. So, I mean, she was on it. So that means it gave us like eight months to get everything ready. So, you know, so we had it picked up for a while and, and we've been slowly getting stuff ready. Um, I've been, I've tried to be helpful in the wedding planning process to <laughs> lesser degrees of success. But, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And now with all this virus stuff going on, we have no idea what any of it's going to look like. So we're holding our breaths. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully by then, you know, the social distancing will be over and you'll be able to have a great day. Right. We could just have more than 10 people there. That's really what we're wanting. At this point, we'd be happy with 50 people at our wedding. <laughs> you know, we, we kind of stopped hoping for the full venue fill out and just our we just want as many as we can get whatever seems most reasonable is what we want at this point mm -hmm. nice good for you guys and congratulations to you too that's awesome thank you you have another season at pembroke hopefully the social distancing will be over and the 2020 season can start on time with fans in the stands but what have you been doing to prepare for the season you know in an environment where you can't really be around a lot of teammates right now um, so ironically enough, um, this season, so since I'm going, uh, not taking any classes right now because I graduated in December, getting ready for my master's, so I'm not in any classes. I wasn't actually allowed to be working with the team. Um, I still do workout plans like that they gave us, but I wasn't allowed to be in the team environment because of NCAA regulations. Oh. Uh, that was going to be kind of like an interesting scenario but now everybody is doing that the same thing that i'm doing oh, essentially. Yeah. because you know nobody honestly even the playing field and this is this is honestly where i i thrive the most is when i get to work on my own and and just kind of grind and you know every every season there's a huge jump between when i leave in may and when i come back in august so now I just have even more time to just do a bunch of the little things right and just really focus on the details of punting and how to take my to the next level. That's great. I just do a lot of drill work and a lot of – I spend a lot of time on the field. I'm not taking a different um, – you know, I'm banking on a lot of people taking, taking a lot of time off, and I'm, I'm coming out to step on people's throats this season. Nice. So is it just you alone in the field punting? Uh, typically, except uh, there's one key player that's always out there with me, and that's my wonderful fiance, Sarah Graham. She's, uh, she loves going out there. It's, it's usually me and her just walking around chicken. 
Nice. Um, but yeah, aside from that, it's usually just me by myself. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess Sarah can uh, collect the balls that you're punting and bring them back, and you can do another round. And she probably gets a workout in too. Oh yeah, <laughs> she does. We all we all get a workout workout in out there. So she'll she'll hang out with me and keep me company so I don't get lonely. And you know we'll run around together and condition, do push-ups, all this other stuff. So it's a good time. We have a good time out there. Nice. We use it as a good way to get in some quality time. Yeah, I like the teamwork. Oh yeah. That's, you know, so also she takes some credit whenever I do good because she spends time out there with me punting. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's pretty much my, my doing. I she, like her thought process. Oh, yeah, I do, too. So, Isaac, is it your dream to be a punter in the NFL? Uh, as of right now, 100%. That is what I'm working for, um, and I am letting nothing take me off that track right now. I feel like I'm on a good path. Um, I believe in my ability, which is an important thing. And I believe that, you know, my work ethic and, and how hard I'm willing to work and just the fact that I'm willing to put everything, everything into it, I believe that's something I can accomplish. So I am doing that. I'm trying to put everything into this and, and make this dream into a reality for myself. Awesome. Yeah, I have no doubt that you'll ha at least have an opportunity because I'm sure they see their hard work, that hard work, and they see the All-American honors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, you know, it's, it's definitely nice to have that. Um, hopefully, we'll have three years of All-American honors beneath my belt by the time that I'm getting looks. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to go to one pro day uh, as a sophomore, technically. As a sophomore on the field, I had a pro day, which was really cool. Um, cause I feel like that was a great opportunity for me to get my name out there. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, you know, that put me on people's radars and now I'm, now that I'm on the radar, I'm hoping to blow the radar up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Isaac, I've had a lot of fun talking with you. I like to end the podcast by asking a few fun questions. How does that sound? That sounds great. I love fun questions. All right. So, do you and Sarah have a honeymoon destination picked out? We do. We absolutely do. Um, we were. Well, so, everything's a question mark because of the coronavirus. But, as of right now, we are planning on going to Amsterdam Ooh, I for our honeymoon. Vacation. There's lots of great architectures. Yeah, it's not your typical honeymoon destination, but... It's somewhere we wanted to go, and we're like, hey, if we're going to travel, why travel to somewhere that we don't want to go to as bad as this place? So there's good architecture. There's fun things to do. Um, you get to ride around on bicycles. We're really excited about that. Uh, we get to ride around on boats. You know, they got boats and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so we, we have everything set up for that. Right now we hopefully won't have to cancel crossing our fingers that we still get to go June. Yeah, and I mean, but we're just playing it by. Yeah, I guess that's that's really all you can do, and hopefully, you know, if it if you don't have to cancel it, hopefully it's maybe just a reschedule. Worst case scenario, hope you can still get there eventually. Right. Um, that's the dream. That's the dream is is to be able to go there eventually. So that's but that's our honeymoon. That's our big honeymoon destination. And if that goes downhill, we'll keep you updated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. 
All right. Next question. I know you're, you know, working hard on the football field, but what show are you binge watching in your free time in this quarantine? Oh, man. We actually, let me think. So we just finished up Love is Blind like a week ago or two weeks ago or something. Uh, So we watched all of Love is Blind. Yeah, it was was pretty solid show. But recently, to a little change of pace, we've been playing a lot of Mario Kart. And boy, oh boy, that's funny. Yeah, so we're not, (laughs) you know, we're not actually, we don't have a really show that we're watching right now. But yeah, we we love playing some Mario Kart. Nice, nice. What system do you play it on? Uh, The Nintendo Wii is what we're, so we're keeping it old school, keeping it classic, whipping around some Mario Kart. um, Because as soon as the the whole virus thing was going down, I was like, oh yeah, we need to, we're going to need to do something to spice it up. We had a Wii, but I was like, we're getting Mario Kart. We're finally, we had talked about it for a while. We're like, yeah, let's, let's play some Mario Kart. That's awesome. So we've been doing a lot. Fun. I was never good at Mario Kart, but I was, I'm really good at Super Mario Brothers. I haven't played in years, but, so I'm not sure if I'd be good (laughs) now, but that was always my game. Yeah, we have it. We play Super Mario Brothers too. We actually got to the very last level. And then just ne- like we're like uh, the Bowser's castle, like the big one. And then we just stop playing and we just don't have any desire to finish it. I don't know why, um, why we're so wishy-washy. But yeah, we we are right there at the, at the cusp of beating that game and just have not done it. Wow. Oh, man, you got to finish it. I'm, I know. That's what, I'm, uh, that's what I keep saying. But Mario Kart's just more fun right now. So <laughs> we'll get around to it. We'll eventually beat it. Nice. All right, last question. What professional sports teams do you root for? Um, this is a, it's one team that I always am going to cheer for, no matter who's playing, and that's special teams, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I show love to every specialist out there. Um, anytime I'm watching a game, every fourth down, I'm peeking over to see what's going on. I do have some kickers I like more than others. I love Thomas Morstead. He is the pinnacle of perfecting your craft. I mean, if you just watch like his warm up, it's so inspiring the way he just is. He's very meticulous and just the way he works on being perfect is super inspiring. Um, so I like him. I like Michael Dixon uh, for the, the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Um, just has a cannon for a leg and he's just like a kind of like game. and his kicking style is i mean it's a you know it's the typical australian kicking style but it's a super cool um gosh i don't want to get too in depth but like no, right after he hits the ball it's weird it's like, so as soon as he makes contact with the ball it's like he doesn't have your typical punter flexation like you know the typical punter pictures like with their foot up right next to their you know, mm-hmm. ear because it's so high in air. That's like the go-to punter thing. Michael Dixon, as soon as he makes contact with the ball, if you're just watching a, him kick, you'll see like he'll make contact and immediately like pulls his leg up out of it. Um, super unique kicking style, like because he just puts that much into it, but he doesn't have like this insane follow-through. You know, it's a good contrast to a punter like on the other end of the spectrum, J.K. Scott. Um, who just is like the most flexible punter in the NFL. Like he, his, he's so flexible. Like as he'll kick the ball and his plant foot won't even come off the ground. 
and it's just because he's just all of that momentum just goes straight up and his foot is like wrapping around behind his head but Dixon is like the opposite like he'll kick just explode energy throughout his whole body and just but then he just moves with it like he'll just come up off the ground his knee like his right knee his kicking leg like comes back instead of like going straight up it's just super cool is wow. him and him and JK Scott are like opposites when it comes to punting style. Nice. You know, I never really noticed that, but now after having this conversation with you, I'm definitely going to notice it next football season. How everyone Oh yeah, go, definitely go go watch. <laughs> yeah, go watch some uh JK Scott. He's still with the uh I believe he's still with the Packers. Um go watch him kick and his freaking like the way his uh, follow through come up, I was just like straight up and down and it goes straight to the ceiling is insane. And then you go watch Michael Dixon and it's also just like, it's crazy in the other way. Like there's almost no follow through, but he just has so much power in it. That's amazing. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to go on yeah. YouTube after we talk. I need to see this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely do. And, and, and tell me what you think about it. Cause it is, it's, it is crazy. The difference between the two and they're both super good at what they do. So yes. the fact that you can just be so diverse in style. Yeah, that is amazing. Wow. So special teams is my favorite teams. Isaac, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I had a blast talking with you. Thank you for having me on. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, and I hope to be on again sometime. Great. Yeah, whenever you want. Especially with this uh, quarantine, I got nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> where, sure, can the listeners, sure. where can the listeners find you if uh, they want to follow you? Okay, yeah, if you want to give me a follow, um, I'm on Instagram, that's Isaac6Parks, and Isaac is spelled I-S-A-A-C, and then Twitter as Isaac underscore happens, because it's a long story, but yes, Isaac underscore happens on Twitter, and Isaac6Parks on instagram nice yeah and you know for anyone that does follow if you watch the proposal video you better only have nice things to say or i'm coming for you <laughs> yeah because mm. trust me sarah if you don't come for them sarah definitely is coming for people in the <laughs> section she as she should as she should she is the queen she's the comeback queen nice so. i like that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right, Isaac. Good luck next season. You've definitely got a Pembroke fan in me. Thank you. And uh, you have good luck surviving the corona <laughs> in New Jersey. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I will try. So far, so good. All right, everyone. That was my conversation with Isaac Parks. I hope you enjoyed it. I wish him nothing but success in the upcoming 2020 football season, as well as the rest of his football career. I also hope that he and Sarah have a beautiful wedding day. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.